Hey everyone, this is Pastor Brandon at Rock Harbor Church, and I have with me today Joe Hayes, and he's going to be interviewing me, and he's going to talk a little bit about his ministry, and Rock Harbor Church's ministry. Um, we have a lot of things online you guys can check out. You can check out our prophecy updates, you can check out our Bible studies, sermons, all kinds of stuff. Go to our website, rockharborchurch.net. And all of the links to our social media and platforms are on there. You can click on any one of them, Rumble, BitChute, uh, our podcasts, and you can catch us all on there. So with that being said, I'll hand it over to Joe. Let him introduce uh, himself now. My name is Joe Hayes, and I have a YouTube channel called Day of Battle, and then podcasts on Apple and Spotify called Day of Battle Podcast. And I'm a former Marine uh, combat infantry marine served in Ramadi in 2004 I'm a retired police officer and I love the Lord Jesus and I got into this podcasting and and doing a YouTube channel because I sense the need and I, I definitely see the need for veterans military service members to have access to something daily in their life where they can plug into the word of God and, and hear a man of God just continue on with them in their day-to-day -day. yeah and we live in horrible crazy times i've been losing brothers to suicide and i decided to get in the fight and do something and i, I talked to i've just recently started in the last few months and it's been fun and it's a lot of work but and i've been talking to a few different people along the way and doing some little interviews and you are one guy that that i've had my eye on that i really right. want to talk to brandon okay. because I've, I've been watching your channel for a long time. Yeah. You know, you used to be one of my pastors before yeah. you, That's you true. went off and you started Rock Harbor. Yeah. And I always loved your teaching and your preaching. Your, you were so focused on the word of God, the prophetic word, yeah. which is very close to my heart. Sure. I, I love, I love, 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 uh, books of prophecy and, and I see the days that we live in sure. as being something that the Bible is speaking to and, you know, I'm not a I'm not a date setter. I know you're not. Right. And I, I think that the Bible definitely speaks to the days we live in and what do we do about it. Yeah. And and coming from a, a military veteran perspective, I, I want to get your take first and foremost on like where you see us as a nation. Yeah. Um speak to that and then also if you could speak to what does a what does a veteran do right now? Like we so many guys are are in this time of Okay, they've given their their legs to Afghanistan. Yeah. They have given their brothers to Afghanistan or Iraq. And everything that we fought for, it seems that has washed away. And yeah. that doesn't take away from the sacrifice of those. Right. We fought alongside the, those that died. Like, we fought for honor. We fought for freedom. Yeah. We fought for the right things. Yeah. But then you look at this administration and what they've done. Right. And then oh, President Obama's administration mm -hmm. that erased Iraq. And it's like everything's given over to just yeah. complete terror. Yeah. What What's going on? Sure. What What are we supposed to be? How do we react as a veteran Christian community? Okay. Good question. Long answer. Mm -hmm. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. The first thing we have to understand as Christian believers is that the prophetic word of, of God uh, in in dealing with prophecy, the book of Revelation, Daniel, all these things, is predicting exactly what's happening right now. Uh, we are in the last days, and therefore we should see a trajectory going to a certain place. 
It's heading to the Great Tribulation, obviously. We're in the setup period. And so what we are seeing now is the dismantling of Western society. And the reason for that is not because of the dislike for the West per se. It's really the dislike of and the hatred of uh, what Western civilization is based on, which is Judeo-Christian ethics and morals and principles. The globalists, and it's not a conspiracy theory anymore, the globalists know they have to get rid of Christianity because it is the backbone that holds America and the West together. Now, here's an interesting study. China studied us for 20 years and wanted to know what makes America great, what makes America so strong. And they first looked at our economy. Is it the free market system that makes America strong? They concluded no. They looked at our politics and says, is it the type of politics they run? They concluded no. Um, what they ended up finding out, this is the Chinese, these are our enemies, is that what made America so strong was their Christianity. So there is the essence of why the globalists know they have to break down America through its Judeo-Christian ethics. So what's happening now, whether it's the Obama administration or the Biden administration, someone's pulling the strings on these guys. There sure. are globalists involved, whether you're talking about Klaus Schwab, uh, World Economic Forum, the Davos Group, uh, or just a guy like uh, Bill Gates or George Soros. They have to bring America down. And so they've had a concerted effort over decades to do this. Now, here's the mentality of it. You'll hear the word equity coming from these globalists, and they want equity among everybody, but they want equity among nations, equal outcomes. So they realize they cannot bring the other nations up to the level of the United States. So what they have to do is bring the United States down to everyone else's level. This is, in their minds, equal and equity. So they, that's why you see the intentional destruction of our economy. That's why you see what's going on in our military. All of what you guys fought for now, we have woke generals running our military and running good guys out, whether it's the Navy SEALs, the Green Berets, all these guys who are freedom-loving, uh, Judeo-Christian ethics, morality, are being ran out by guys like Milley, who right. are teaching wokeism at West Point. And so with your military, you have a destruction of the military. And now, I don't know if you, if anyone's ever seen these advertisements for Russia and China's military compared to our military. They're promoting this gal who's LGBT or whatever, or mom's LGBT. And, and this is the face of our new military. Well, we're projecting weakness on purpose. And so we're dismantling the military, dismantling our economy to bring America down. And so there's been a concerted effort for this. Now, here's the thing. It's not that I'm making it up. It's actually what they say. This is what the Davos Group wants. This is what Klaus Schwab wants. And the Biden administration, or you go to Trudeau in Canada, or you go anywhere, uh, France, they're all on the same ticket. And what is, what is the nature of this? In order to usher in global governance, America has to get out of the way. And so they're trying to deconstruct America to go to a more global system, redistribute wealth to other nations from America, and basically make us all poor. Now, 
That's the big scheme of things, and we can get into the fine details on all of this. But the first thing people have to realize is to accept the reality that we're living in. Most people are in denial about what's going on in the world. They think that we're going to get back to normal, everything's going to return the same, and it's like, no, they're not going to let you go back to normal. Right. So then when you look at the guys like you who sacrifice themselves for freedom and, and uh, America way, America's ways and Judeo-Christian ethics, um, that's not in vain. The Lord sees that. He understands what you did, that you fought for freedom, you fought for morality and, and Christian values. But what he's allowing now is preparing the world for the tribulation. So nothing that you guys sacrificed is lost. It's all seen. Jesus said, even to the fact that you give a cup of cold water to somebody, I'll give you a prophet's reward for that. So he's going to reward everyone who fought for freedom. But please understand, the reality is we probably have seen the last vestiges of freedom in our lifetime because it's going more towards a totalitarian state. So what's the first thing someone needs to do? The first thing someone needs to do is to accept reality. And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because it means that they're not going to get their lives back, that um, our economy is going to hurt them and create a ceiling economically for them, they're not going to have it as good as their parents. And eventually, we already know they're going to track us all through a digital currency, through a surveillance system. I mean, Bill Gates is already talking about it in his next book. And we're going to lose a lot of the liberties that we fought for. But please understand, this has been going on for decades upon decades of these creeps worming their way into our government, politicians, media. Look at the media, education. Uh, you know, uh, entertainment industry, all they've hit all the major sites, and now we're seeing those those uh, uh, things come to fruition over many many decades of that building up. It has reached a point where there's no return. There's not enough of us freedom loving people to overturn the educational system here in America, or the politicians, or what they're doing to our economy. Yeah, we could say, well, we're going to vote and do this and do that. That's great. No, and I, 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 I want people to vote. I want people to be politically active. But please understand, the tide is turning on purpose because God's allowing it. And if we really are that close to the end times, you're going to see the destruction of America. We'll be some second, third-rate country. All that to say, though, is here's the thing. If that's the way things are going then as the believer, I have to recognize, okay, the reality is that God's allowing this for a purpose. Okay. Does that mean I surrender? Does that mean I stop the fight? No, it doesn't. What it means is this. We're going to lose this battle, but we're not going to lose the war. The war is going to be fought by Jesus and the second coming. But from this point on, it's going to appear that the enemy will win because God's allowing them for the setup. And so here's where it takes some real strength and some real guts is can you fight the good fight of faith even though you're, you're not going to win this battle? That's the test. Because a lot of people, when you tell them that, they're going to just throw up their hands and say, forget it, I'm not going to do anything. What's the point? It's all going to Hades in a handbasket. What's my point? Ah, but well, wait a second. You are called to be salt and light. 
You are called to do the Great Commission. You are called to try to be an influence in the society, just as Noah. Noah preached for 120 years, got eight people on the boat. Right. That, and at the, at the same time, you have to be okay with that. We're here to do a job, regardless of what the society is doing. So this is where people are, have to accept reality, but then be able to be a survivor and a conqueror despite where the culture's going. Right. And so that's that's kind of everything in a nutshell. Now we can get into more details, but and we can't just pull back no. from it because we see it going on like <clears throat> I got guys, younger guys I'm talking to and they're like, "Joe, I want to go be a marine." Yeah. They want to go serve their country, they want to go be a warrior. Yeah. And you know, as <clears throat> weighty of a decision as that is, I can't I couldn't advise someone, "Well, don't go in the military because they're woke." And yeah. you know, President Biden could send you to Afghanistan yeah. to like hand over your M16 to the Taliban. Yeah, um, we still need godly men within our ranks. Yeah. We still need godly yes, military right. members and police officers and firemen. And and we're having these things thrust down upon us that we have to accept. We have to mitigate. But it doesn't mean that we can just go. Well, let's go hide in the caves. Right. Exactly. We're not, we're not there yet. At no. Least. No. No. But it's hard. It's hard it to is deal hard. with. You know, and we got guys that are, they're having things forced upon them that they don't want to accept. Yeah. And they're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. They are. And that's where the idea that um, you see the Bible characters, whether it's Daniel in the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. What the Bible is teaching us and the lesson we're starting to learn now is, yeah, you're going to have stuff put on you, forced on you. And you already have to make the decision now what, what are you going to do when they force this on you? Yeah. And you have to have that mindset and be willing to pay the cost of it. So, so in this battle that we're in, in order for us to take our stand for truth, you've got to be willing to sacrifice for the truth. You might lose your job. You might lose your career. You might lose uh, all your education was for naught because now you can't do this industry because now they're not allowing you because whatever, you don't fit the narrative anymore. And that's what's really hard for people because they've spent their whole life um, building a career or, or planning on this and now it's all been disrupted. Well, okay. Well, then that means then I need to adapt and it's kind of those things that they say in the military or even in sports, adapt or die. You've got to adapt. So, okay, God closed the door. You need to adapt or you're going to die and, and find a way to survive in another arena. Mm-hmm. You know, God is moving people around. And I know it's frustrating. I know it. I've had nurses. I've had uh, teachers now losing their jobs because they won't comply with what the state wants them to do. And they're giving up their whole careers. But Why? Because they're standing on truth. They're standing on principle. And this is what we need to tell everybody is that you need to build yourself up at this period of time internally to deal with the outside pressure that's coming on us. If you don't have this inside of you, this strength that you're standing on the truth, you will buckle under the pressure of what they're trying to do. Because like, even with like, you look in the book of Daniel, they were trying to get Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just to compromise even on food. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what's the big deal? Of little by food? little. Little by little. It's a little a little thing. Just do the food. No big deal. But the minute you, you compromise on anything little, you open the door to bigger things. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes where the Christian 
and the guys you're trying to reach um, have to get it, set it in their heart that I will not compromise. If I have to lose my job, I'll lose my job. God will provide it. And they have to trust enough that God will, will do that, and he will. Um, but that's where our mindset's got to change a little bit. You almost have to start thinking in terms of what it would be like on a third world country as being a Christian, where your whole life is unpredictable. You don't know if you're going to get arrested. You don't know what's going to happen. And you have to more get into more of that mindset that, hey, I'll just adapt to survive. I'll do what I need to do. If I need to work here, I need to work there. Okay, whatever. But I'm not going to comply. And that's the thing. Even though we're going to lose the war on this, it doesn't mean you don't fight. You right. fight all the way to the end. And that's where you're going, you're going to be rewarded for that. Did you fight? Where were you at in the battle when it was raging? And even though you knew it was going to get lost, what did you do? Did you fight all the way through, man? Were you that salt in the line? Did you carry out what I told you to do? And that's where it comes down to. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you, would you rather be dead in Auschwitz yeah. or dead on the way? Yeah, right. right? Because exactly. you fought back. That's right. Even if you lost. Even if you lost, you want to go out fighting. And we're talking about spiritual fighting, obviously, in the spiritual war. But what Satan is trying to do is discourage the Christian and say, look, it's all is lost. Uh, you might as well put on a white sheet and go hide in the corner of your house and wait for the rapture. But don't do anything right now. Mm-hmm. But here's what people ask. Well, what's the point of, of Brandon? If, even if I know they're gonna lo- they're, they're, we're going to lose the battle, but they're not going to listen. What, what's the point of all this if they're not going to listen? And I say, well, look. Look what the prophets were sent to do. Like Jeremiah was sent to say, hey, I'm going to send you in there. You're going to tell them, but they're not going to hear you. They're not going to listen to you, but I want you to tell them. And so at the end of the day, that's what sometimes we become. We become this, this prophet voice of saying, look, I want to put you all on notice. Whether you listen to me or not, when you're before the Lord at the great white throne judgment, he's going to ask you, do you remember I sent this guy Joe to you and he told you the truth, but you refuse to listen? I'm going to use him as a witness against you at the great white throne judgment. So a lot of our reasonings is sometimes things just need to be said. Even though no one's going to listen, you need to put these people on notice. You're doing wrong, you're doing evil, and you're going to account for it one day. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. Um, I've had other people, I, I talked to the Kern County Right to Life. They can't hardly get pastors and churches to get on board on their program, and you're like, what are you talking about? I would think any Christian or any church would be anti-abortion in the world and be pro-life. And she said to me, she goes, this is the problem, Brandon. They said, well, we're never going to change Sacramento, so what's the point? I said, so they're not going to fight, even though they, they think you know Sacramento is already have their minds made up. I said, that's not biblical. We def- we're to fight whether they listen to us or not. Right. We're to be the voice for those who have no voice. And so people are missing out on that. Well, it's really easy for us, you know, 150, 180 years post-slavery in this country to say, what were the churches doing? What were they saying yeah. in, in, you know, pre-Civil War South? <laughs> yeah. were, were they putting up with slavery? Were they holding their politicians accountable? What were they, what were those Christians doing? Yeah. And 150 years from now, if we're still around at that time, uh, I think churches may be saying of us, what were the churches doing about the 60 million plus yep. aborted f- babies? Yep. You know, like, uh, we ought to, we ought to get after it. We ought to hold them accountable. We ought to be preaching to Amen. them. 
and not backing down. Amen. You know, and taking ground every chance we get. Yep. Because, hey, what's worse? Slavery or infanticide? Right. I would, I would say infanticide yes. is, is worse. Totally. You know, I think God would look down upon it more. Absolutely. And I think, I think therein lies the problem that you're identifying. So for too long, and it continues on, the church is silent. And Christians are silent, and they throw up their hands, what can I do? I can't change the politics of California. I can't change the politics of America. But you've got to fight. And, and this, is, this is where I think there's a critical moment that the remnant, whoever's going to listen to the truth, you've got to start standing up against this evil. And that's why we lost the culture war. And I think you and I have talked about this off air, about pietism mm -hmm. and how it infiltrated the church. And in this pietistic movement, just to put it in a nutshell for people that don't know the theology behind it, it's this, that, that pietism teaches that the churches need to stay out of politics, stay out of the current events, stay out of the world, and just stick to whatever's going on in the confines of the, the immediate church, not worry about the outside world. Well, pietism has caused the sin of silence and for people not to take part in society of trying to restrain evil. Well, we're just right. going to stay to ourselves and preach the gospel to ourselves. That hasn't done anything. We lost the culture because of pietism. And so, so many Christians and so many churches are now practicing pietism whether they know it or not. They just stay silent. Oh, we don't get involved in politics. Well, as you can probably know in, in history and throughout church history, the churches always, always commented on the issues of that day. And the, their churches were railing against kings and governors and politicians or whoever, whatever time period. Until they finally put out the edict, well, we'll kill you for it. And then they, they stopped. probably been the precursor for so many yeah. Christian martyrs. Yeah, Because absolutely. the politicians were sick and tired of them. And you look at the Bible. I mean, they, they chopped off John the Baptist's head for calling out the adultery of Herod. Right. He lost his head over that. And so did a lot of the, uh, the, the prophets. I mean, Isaiah was solid in two. Because who was he going after? Really, the politicians of that day. Mm -hmm. And so if you see the Bible and you see church history, then you start realizing what happened in church history, that this, this evil, malevolent heresy of pietism infiltrated the churches in about 1690, and it's with us today. So that's why if you go to a modern-day church now, they won't talk about abortion, they won't talk about the LGBT movement or transgender, they won't talk about Israel, they won't talk about any of these moral issues because they say, oh, that's political. How is abortion political? I don't get that. How is Israel political? Israel's a, a main player in the prophetic scenario. Right. How do you not talk about her? And so this is what the, 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 the churches have done. They have hid behind this stuff. Well, we don't get involved in politics. But in essence, because of that lack of being that salt and light, we have lost the culture. We're not getting the culture back. This is a post-Christian culture. So, uh, well, and then, I mean, to that, you've got, you got churches where their pastors are clicked into the World Economic Forum, <laughs> you know, and here, here we are. Mo I think most people by now have heard of the Great Reset. Yeah. And I wanted you to, to speak to it. Sure. I guess a brief, what is it? Yeah. This is big globalist communal fascism of yeah. some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's a hybrid. And there are, prominent preachers, pastors that are clicked into that, like, I don't know, going to Davos, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. playing those games. And, yeah. you know, the rest of us down here, we're, we're just like, hey, the 
my money's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. I'm getting priced out of a house. Um, my wages with my job aren't keeping up with inflation. What's going on here? Yeah. How come, how come, um, you know, all these societal changes have come and they're just being implemented within the church yeah. because sure. the Great Reset is in full swing. Exactly. And this is something that I thought Christians would be on top of, but they're really not. They're, they're kind of clueless about it. I mean, there's people like you and a good remnant knows about the Great, great Reset, but let me put this in a, in a nutshell, what it's about. This is the Great Reset. It's another name for what we call the New World Order or globalism or internationalism, whatever term you want to use. The new term is the Great Reset. The Great Reset is the plan to implement global governance, a global currency. And they're not going to call it a global religion, but they, in, in this system, they have values that would be on the level of a religion that everyone needs to comply by. Well, saving the planet, wokeism, LGBT, all that stuff. So it has a re global religion aspect. So interesting enough, if you look at the Great Reset, has a governance, economic, religious. That is the three-legged stool of the whore of Babylon, hmm. of the Babylonian system. The Babylonian system has those three elements. And what we're seeing with the Great Reset is the development of the return of Babylon, eventually beheaded up by the Antichrist. But what it's wanting to do, basically in a nutshell, is they want to control every aspect of our lives, everything, down to our economy, down to our health, down to... Um, if you can uh, buy a home, because in their mindset, economically, they don't want you owning anything. No private property. Right. They say you'll you'll rent or uh, and you'll be happy about it. You'll you own just, nothing. You'll, you'll own nothing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And so economically, they're going to control every facet of it. And the the big thing they want to go to is a digital currency. Mm -hmm. Now, it's everything that we have been talking about for 20, 30 years, and they called us conspiracy theories, uh, theorists about it. But now they're in the open saying, no, we're going to this. This will be the new world order. And, and so in a nutshell, what people are, should realize about the Great Reset is it's the introduction of global governance, basically. And it's coming quick. Yeah. And no one's stopping this. Biden's on board. Trudeau is on board. Macron, Australia, all these people are on board. And, and there's nothing stopping it. So what, what that is, though, is a setup of getting the system ready for the tribulation period, which will eventually be taken over by the Antichrist. But we are still here, and we're watching this thing develop. So with that being in, in place, that's why I say we're not returning back to a free market capitalism anymore. You're right. They're going to go. It's kind of a global corporate fascism and where, where you have the public sector working with the private sector, creating monopolies through the government. So we can talk more about that, but this is what the world's getting set up for. All right, go for it. Brandon, <clears throat> yep. talking about the Great Reset here. Yeah. What is planned for men, women, children, families in the Great Reset? Boy, some bad stuff. Because we have to lead for yeah. Christ in our families that, you know, I've, um, I've had this thought for several years now, and that is this, I don't want to find myself walking about the streets of heaven or the kingdom in Jerusalem yeah. and 
look around and say to myself, where is my son? Yeah. Where is my daughter? Yeah. There, there should be three. There are only two. Yeah. Like that is the scariest thought in my brain. Right. And it is at these times where, you know, I, I can't control their personal decision. That is up to them. Humanly possibly, humanly possible as their father to steer them in the right direction and to, and to protect sure. their mind. Because this, this is a, before it's a war for your bank account. Yeah. And, it, and all those other things, this is a war for your mind, you know, and we know that Christ gives us a renewed, regenerated mind, but what do we do yeah. to lead right now? Okay. So one of the things you have to understand about the wiles of the devil or the strategy of the devil is um, the tactic that the Great Reset's going to use is they realize they have to get impressionable minds. They're not focused in on people our age or even older because our minds are made up. So they have to get children's minds. So they got, they're trying to get them as young as you know preschool now and all the way up through college. That's the targeted age. So what parents need to know, what, what men need to know who are, who are running their families is they're targeting your kids. The first way they're trying to target your kids is through the indoctrination centers we call the public schools and then the colleges and universities. Right now, I've seen the curriculum that they're rolling out here in California and they're rolling out globally. The curriculum is set to indoctrinate your kids to accept the values of the Great Reset, to, to hate their country, mm -hmm. to, to hate America as a racist, you know, it needs, to burn, it needs to be burned down, to be a more global citizen. So what they're doing, in essence, to try to make your kids a global citizen is erase their love for country. And we see that everywhere. Okay, so they're going to they're going to attack, you know, um, in God we trust. Right. The, you know, you see the sports teams now, you know, they 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 don't even have the national anthem anymore at these places. Okay, right. they're, they're driving out patriotism for globalism. That's number one. Number two, they will indoctrinate your kids towards the morality of the Babylonian system, which means basically everything is on the table sexually. That's and obviously everything goes against what God's saying is what they propose, and they they're doing this at early ages. Kindergartners are being taught, and you we're know. we're seeing the parents at the school board meetings. Yep, like that's what know, it's about. And they're getting the FBI is getting tipped off about mom <laughs> who doesn't want little Susie taught about LGBTQ yeah. stuff. That's right, or critical race theory. Yeah, they're pushing that in, and that's a that's a critical race theory is a Marxism tactic to divide our country. And so now all these people at these boards, you know, are, are raging against this critical race theory and LGBT. But um, the boards are lying, saying, well, we're not teaching that. We're not teaching that. But it, it, they are. They are. I just saw the, the rollout for the curriculum for California students. They're, they're teaching microaggressions, all kinds yeah. of stuff from critical race theory. So they're targeting our kids. So as a parent, you have to make a decision. Okay, we're past the point. I think, in my opinion, of, well, my kid can still be in the public schools and be salt and light. I, just, I think we're past that point now. This is not about reading, writing, and arithmetic now. This is about teachers and the, the, stu the, the teachers' union fully trying to indoctrinate kids. And if we're going to throw our kids to the wolves, we shouldn't expect anything different than a fully functioning Marxist coming out of that public school or college and university. 
So when Josh McDowell gives a stat and says like 80% of our Christian kids who we raised in church, went to Awanas, went to Bible study, mm -hmm. go to a college and they come back flat out agnostic or atheist, we shouldn't be shocked about that because that's what these colleges are made to do, indoctrinate. Yeah. And so I think parents got to start thinking about alternatives for their kids' education, whether it's private school, homeschool, whatever, co-ops, whatever. I think they need to start thinking in those terms because that's who's targeting. The second thing they're going to target is marriages. That's the other thing. They have to destroy the nuclear family. Okay. So the way they're going to destroy the nuclear family, and Satan's pretty smart about this. If you destroy the nuclear family, you destroy society. That's basically how Genesis is built, that society is built on the family unit. Right. So as guys, guys have to protect their family from being divided. Well, how are they going to divide my family? It's simple. They are now, the new norm is, look, man, people, people can have whatever relationships they want. It's no big deal. Adultery is no big thing. And people do it all the time. Pornography is, you know, everyone's doing it. That's the mentality they want to give to guys, okay? And what that actually does is divide a family. You get a guy hooked on pornography, it's going to divide his family. Absolutely. You get a guy who thinks he can cheat on his wife and it's no big deal, that's the problem. So if you look at a lot of the divorces, a lot of, a lot of the broken families, it comes from sexual immorality. So what they're pushing sexual immorality now is in, in relationship to divide the family. Then you go further than that. When they say you can have two dads, two moms, or whatever, Again, that's another attack on the, the nuclear family. So you have kids not being raised properly. Which is properly. like BLM's stated goals. Right. Their little manifesto. Exactly. We want to destroy the nuclear family. Nuclear family. Yeah. And then, the, and, and the Marxists know it. That's what they have to do. And Satan knows it. That's a, a satanic attack. One, one thing I was going to ask you about um, ties into the Great Reset with their, their goal of destroying the nuclear family. But, you know, they're rolling out the metaverse. Yeah. That, that is coming yeah. fast and furious. I think... People think Facebook is just changing their name to Meta. Right. It's, it's, it's not. not just that. And what, what I see coming is people are going to be wearing VR goggles or some variation of them yeah. soon. This is very near future. Yes, it is. It's all built upon, like, I think the Ethereum network, cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like they said, you, you will own nothing and you'll be happy in the Great Reset. And that, that's really easy for them to say. And many, many, I think, will accept it when when they're sitting in their little box of an apartment mm -hmm. renting from yep. BlackRock, right? Yeah, from BlackRock, yeah. Because they can't buy anything else because, you know, your little 1,400-square-foot house now goes for $1.2 yeah. Um And they're sitting in their little their cubicle of an apartment with their VR goggles on, but they're looking out into the world in their VR and it's Hawaii, and, yeah. or they're in Puerto Rico, you yeah. know, and and they're going to work in virtual reality. The children will be going to school in virtual reality yeah. because, you know, um, we're obviously not going to cure this little bug that's going around. Right. Um, that's going to persist, continue to evolve. Um, that's a completely different subject. <laughs> yeah. Worked into all of this, obviously, sure. but. One thing I'm concerned with and I think is coming for for men with the metaverse is like we know men have a major problem with pornography. Yeah. And like you said, it destroys families. Mm -hmm. And men, if you are looking at that 
you need to get out of it. Yeah. You know, cut off your, cut off your phone from your life if yeah. you must, but get out of that. But what, what is it going to be like when you're no longer looking at pornography on your phone? You are in the metaverse yeah. looking at pornography. Most likely they will engineer ways where you can have virtual sex. Yeah, basically. And oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I don't think Christian men know the struggle that's coming to them yeah. right now. If, if, if they're involved in that type of behavior, yeah. they got another thing coming with the metaverse. And, that's right. This is going to, I mean, think about it for a, a young high school boy. Oh man, it's a killer. Gosh, like, I, I fear, I fear what's coming. Yeah. And, and I don't want to say I fear it like I'm scared, but like, no, we need to press into these things mm -hmm. and we need to, this, like, understand this is a battle that we are going to go into. Yeah. The shots are being fired and you either run from the gunfire like a coward and get shot in the back or you push into the gunfire and mm -hmm. you take them on. That's and right. If you die, you die. But yeah. like it's time to get it on and this yeah. stuff is coming. Well, and think about it, that they're already prepping the kids for this meta universe with you know the VR goggles and stuff right now and gaming. But the next level is to then experience virtual reality and that's what the metaverse is. If people research the metaverse enough, they'll realize that the behind the scenes, what it's really about is mind control. And if you can control people's minds and get them into an alternative reality, you, they're like they're like the easiest people to control. We're so that's sheep. the yeah, they're sheep, and that's the that's the intent behind it. Now they're going to say, "Oh, this is for gaming. This is for fun, and yada yada yada." But it's not because the guys behind the scene understand how it works in the brain. And it's simple. When we talk about people being mentally ill, a lot of times what that really is, the basis of it is that they're in another reality. They've created their own reality, but they're in another reality. And we call that, you know, like having a Romans one mind. You've lost your mind. And so what the metaverse does is create the ability to control people's minds and help them help them to continue this fantasy of an unreality world where they're not in reality, they're in the fantasy. Well, once someone's in a fantasy, that's it. And no one's even talking about that once you go into this fantasy world, how open they are to demonic influence. Right. That's another open door. So whether you do it through drugs and alcohol or you do it through occult practices, this metaverse is also going to lead to occult behavior because you're opening themselves up to a different world. And no one's even talking about that, but yeah, I mean, like you're opening yourself up to something when you allow someone to hypnotize you. Yeah, you sure are. Like that's dangerous. It is you know? dangerous. And, and if you profess to be a Christian and you have the mind of Christ, why would you let someone take over your mind? You mm -hmm. know, why would you get so intoxicated that you're stumbling drunk and you, you're blacked out? Yep. Unknown what you're doing. Right. Same thing with the metaverse. Sure. Like you are opening yourself up to other control, like. This yeah. is wicked stuff. And these guys, you got to remember, when you do some background research on these guys developing this stuff, um, especially the guys in Silicon Valley, the reports we get from these guys is they're heavily involved in the occult. A lot of them report that their avatar gives them information about how to do these things. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but they're, it doesn't shock me that they're involved in the occult or to some, they'll call it spirituality. They're not saying they're full-blown Satanists or witches, but they're getting information from, from spirit creatures who are guides or whatever, telling them how to do this.
I mean, for goodness sakes, it takes me all the way back to Genesis 6 to where the angels went, uh, the father's uh, girls, and they were trading information, technical information, that man could not have achieved on his own. And now here we are again in the days of Noah. Like where's the, where's the pyramids come from? Yeah, all, right? the, all the technological advances. Stonehenge. Yeah, so the background on that, the Jewish background on that, on uh, Genesis 6, was that uh, they were, if they would, the fathers would give the daughter over, they would, they would cohabitate, but these angels then, these fallen angels would give information, technical information, metallurgy, weaponry, all kinds of ways to tap into the occult. That's where it all came from. So here we are in the days of Noah, and now we're having the same thing uh, of how, how to link the entire world's mind together on a metaverse to control them and then then talk about going into the dna of people and the I, the possibility of chimeras and hybrids and we're back to the days of noah now like this neuralink yes that musk is working on right exactly That's, that is it's off the chart stuff it's off the chart and there's no morality behind this stuff and they they say it's going to be good but what it ends up happening is, is mind control it's a full-blown mind control and this is scary stuff, and this is why I think you're right in, in telling people, hey, guys, you need to, you need to n know this, number one, that this is happening, but number two, how to fight against it. You let your kid go into the metaverse, you might lose them spiritually. All that you put into that kid yeah. might be lost in some virtual reality world. That's why this is pretty serious. And I think that's why guys have to be on top of this for the protection of their family. Uh, you don't want your kid... A teenager in the meta universe that that's insane right he'll lose his mind and right. so well I yeah. thought about um, 2nd Timothy chapter 3 mm -hmm. and in it, it says you know in the last days perilous times will come and sure men will be lovers of themselves and yeah. boastful and prideful and destructive and all these yes you know you can like look <laughs> on the news and you can see evidence of 2nd Timothy chapter 3 being played out but it also says that that women will be like wicked men will try to creep into the house yeah. of women yeah. and, and and essentially take them over take them captive mm -hmm. and, it, and it to me it looks it has the appearance of of like a psychological type of attack against a woman in her house yeah and it's obviously going to come from a house with an absent man <laughs> it's, it's got Bingo. a house with a passive dad or he's not there at all Good point, because yeah. um, it talks about them coming to gullible women. Yeah. Okay, so you're hitting the nail on the head. When you have a passive male, and we're talking about passively spiritually, okay? Mm -hmm. So you can be a male that's physically aggressive, but if you're spiritually passive, that's who Satan capitalizes on. So the, the quintessential example of this is what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam took a passive role let his wife tango with the devil. And he wrapped her in a, a theological pretzel that she couldn't get out of. Mm -hmm. She was deceived. And, and so what it shows you is the prototype is there in the garden, but the prototype continues on in the examples of a house that doesn't have a male who's the head spiritually. Samson was passive. Exactly. You got Samson and Eli and many, many examples. Yeah. Even King David with his own kids was passive towards what Absalom was doing, what Amnon was doing to his sister, passive father. Now, here's the thing. David was a mighty warrior. Right. You couldn't, he was, he was a Rambo. But bring him to his kids 
and he's passive. Yeah. He's like, whoa, what's going on here? And look what happened. His house which went upside down. And that's what I think the, the key is for these guys is you got to be spiritually on point. you got to be at the tip of the spear. Your wife can't be that. You have to be that. But what happens to guys? They get passive. They, we call it the Adam syndrome. And they give that leadership role to their wives. And she will more than likely take it because she has an Eve syndrome. Because mm-hmm. it says you will want his position or, or, or his, his title. They do like to control. And so, yeah, I'm glad you said that, but not me. Um, now I'm in trouble. You're not. Yeah, you're in trouble. But that's the, that's the general problem of men. We're passive. Men want, uh, women want the control over the man. That's just what Genesis says. So if that's not corrected in the home, then you'll have the wife leading, and Satan will love that because he'll go after her, and the first person who will introduce false doctrine into the home will be the wife. She'll read a book. She'll listen to a blog. She'll listen to that, and she'll start bringing that stuff in. Yeah. Before you, ha- you know what? The house is upside down. That's the problem. So you're right. Um, it's interesting you said, like, read a book. Yeah. I mean, people get, people get screwed up <laughs> because they read a book. Yes, they do. And, what, man, what I've learned in the past couple of years is, like, I want the Word of God. Yeah. You can have these books out there. Go ahead and have them. Take yeah. them. I want the word of God because, you know, I, I have pastors that I trust, but I know that they're men and men are corruptible. Yeah. And like, yeah, David, he's a great example. He was a godly man, but you know what? He made some big giant screw ups. <laughs> yeah. And we have other Christian examples, Christian examples out there of late. It's like, you, yeah, you can read all this guy's books, but you know what? Look at the rest of his life. That's right. It was a mess. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I just want to stand upon the word of God, and and that's what I want my wife to stand upon and my children. It's just this; these are times of deception. You speak so much to the deception going on, mm-hmm. like especially when I see your YouTube videos come out, Brandon. Like you are speaking to, to the deception. You're bringing light to the darkness, truth to the lies, and I'm yeah. just saying it's it's very pleasant upon my ears. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. But, but you're hitting a good point because if you read books after books after books and you never read the Bible, you're getting this guy's slant and that guy's slant or this girl's slant. And, this, and what, what you start realizing, a lot of the books are written by people that have not been trained theologically. And so they'll take a passage and totally misinterpret it. But if you don't know the Bible passage in the context, then you're going to be taken by that passage, or sorry, by that book. And that's what starts happening in American Christianity. Instead of being biblically led, they're book led. And you'll see pastors preaching from books from the pulpit and uh, people doing Bible studies on books. And, And then you start realizing, wait a second, that book that you're reading has a lot of theological problems in it. They don't see it because they're not using the Word of God. And so we're, we're, and you, we're you hold another person up there as an expert yes. on the subject matter, and it's like they may be. Yeah. Everything may be fine in there, but you find one bad book and you don't have a reference on it. Yeah. How how do you know now? I've even had people that went to seminary, get this, Joe, that were challenged by their siblings and said, um, well, you follow this guy. And and they go, Yeah, and they go, well, what, what do you believe, for instance, about the Olivet Discourse? Well, I believe what he believes about the Olivet Discourse. Wait a second, that's a problem. What if that guy changes his view 
He goes, well, I guess I'll change my view as well. That's weak. That's bad. That's really bad. That's following men rather than the Word of God. But that's a guy coming from seminary, Joe. Yeah. That's a guy coming from seminary making those kinds of statements. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? You know, that's the first thing you should know is we trust the Word of God only. And then we test everything, a book or whatever, by the Word of God. But this is the problem in Christianity. So they'll read a, a book by Joel Olstein, Rick Warren, or whoever, yeah. and think, okay, that's right. Not realizing what's going on behind the scenes in these guys' lives. It's a, a disaster. Yeah. You know, and, and so this I mean, is... let's want to take like some um, investment advice from them. That'd probably be good. <laughs> but... Right. Exactly. You yeah. know, but see, and that's the thing. What Here's the thing about books. And this is the way Satan works in, a, in false doctrine. Satan's going to give you about 90% truth, but it's that 10% that's going to be wrong. That's going to lead you astray. And that's what people don't see. They say, well, there's some good points in this book. Yeah, I get it. But the overall arching point is the 10% is bad and poison. So I use the illustration always, look, if I gave you a can of Pepsi or Coke and I said, look, 90% asinine or something like, uh, you know, acid or whatever, it's gonna, well, you going to drink it? No, it's going to kill you. Right. Okay, so that's the same thing with a book. I mean, I'm saying not all authors are bad. I'm not saying that, but this is the problem of Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, it's now Christianity in America is about the celebrity, Christian celebrity. So you got Beth Moore, celebrity, Rick Warrens, all these guys, all these, these guys that are wackadoos and people don't realize it. Yeah. But that's how they're becoming deceived. And, and hey, the, the really rich and the really famous <coughs> out there are clicked into the globalists. That's right. Plan. And they're all on board. And that's what people don't realize. You got a guy, for instance, that used to be on the, Ethics, uh, ERLC, e the Ethics Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptists, Russell Moore, he's no longer there anymore. The dude was piped into the globalists. Yeah. He was piped into, you know, with the Catholic Church and all kinds of other stuff, taking money from, you know, foundations that were supported by George Soros. And this is the other thing in, the, in this great deception is you, you're right. You have these big mega leaders um, whether in the Southern Baptist or just in Christianity in general, that are being funded by organizations like the Open Open Doors Society Foundation, taking money from them, which is funded by George Soros. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Well, no wonder your church is woke. Yeah. But you're right. This is what people don't realize is we have a Christian deep state even in Christianity in America. And these guys are yep. tied in with the globalists. That's why they're pushing uh, wokeism, critical race theory. Yeah, that's why they're pushing out articles, you know, before the election, like, you don't have to vote for Trump. Right. You don't have to vote for Biden either. It's okay to be a Christian and be mm -hmm. neutral. Yep. Of course, because they're trying to get Biden elected. Exactly. And, and they, don't, they don't care about, you know, your church is getting shut down and they're, they're pushing the shutdown upon your church and they're pushing the masking and the, the jabs and... Yeah. Like, is... They are pushing and saying the same thing and they're in a complete lockstep with those who are pushing, yeah, go ahead and abort your baby. Right. Go, go ahead and reject God. Yep. Remove God from schools. Introduce yep. your kids to LGBTQ. Like, I don't know how a Christian can be in lockstep with someone that believes those things because, you know, like, everything I am is diametrically opposed to those people. Like, I, I want to stand upon the word of God and they'd probably like to see me face down in a trench somewhere. <laughs> probably. So this is what we, we have seen over, over the last decade or so. Okay, so take a guy like Al Mohler. So now he comes out and he says that um, I repent of my view on 
on homosexuality. Um, he basically said, look, I, I, I think people are born with a sexual orientation. Excuse me? That, that's, no, no, that you're wrong. He basically affirming this, that long as you don't practice your homosexuality, you can still have the desires inside you. Hey, that's wrong. Even on a heterosexual level, you're not to lust after someone else, right? And, and so it's external and internal. But now you have a guy like Al Mohler all of a sudden flipping that and saying, no, you could have a, a homosexual lesbian orientation. Excuse me? And you're born with that? What are you talking about? And so now you start realizing, wait, hey, what side are you guys on now? You, 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 you used to be conservative, but now you're not. And, and we're seeing this, especially in the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, this complete flip-flop of things that used to be held down by, you know, the anchor of the Scripture, and now saying, well, you know, we're going to make a move on that, you know. Wait a second. You start realizing these are the enemies within the church. They have been there. They have been working to undermine the church the whole time, and now they're, they have enough power to it. They're just going to say it now. So this is scary. Yeah. And, and you know, we are warned about enemies mm -hmm. within the church, you know, whether they are wolves in sheep's clothing or wolves yeah. in shepherd's clothing, they they need to be sniffed out. <laughs> yeah, um, they sure do. We must be very careful. We must measure everything against the Word of God. And, yeah. you know, as we've seen so much change, I've just, I've wondered, like, why it's happened, I guess, within the ranks of, of the church. Um and it's just strange because it's like, oh, I, I believe what I've believed for a long time since I first believed it and, and reached yeah. some spiritual maturity in my, in my life. And I don't, there's nothing else being revealed to me through scripture that indicates to me through the Holy Spirit's word, like that I need to make an adjustment on something. Like pretty sure right. that God is faithful in his word to do that, to alert the, us to those things. Yeah. And then, but now like, so many churches want to be taught by the culture on like, well, we need to make adjustments within our church uh -huh. because the culture is changing. And, and so you see churches that are implementing things that are, you know, the, the CRT narrative. Yeah. Um, because they are getting information from the culture that says, well, this is now racist to do. So yeah. You can't do it anymore. And right. It's like, no, racism never changed. Actually, right. God knows what racism is. It's racism because God says it's racism. Yeah. And his version is the standard. He is the plumb line. Right. Not Hollywood or CNN or George Soros's right. organization, whatever he funded. Like the word of God stands forever. Yeah. You know, the, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God stands yeah. forever. Like that's yeah. in the Bible. So, you know, okay, well, what does, what does a man do like in the military? I, I'm speaking to some guys that are out there. They're at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Yeah. And they got access to the chapel on base. Like, mm -hmm. what, I guess to wrap it up, Brandon, like, what is your recommendation for a man in his daily walk with the Lord? How do we go from here? Good, good question. I think, I think now is the time that you got to get away from just taking baby steps and doing five minute devotions every day. That's not gonna, that's not gonna cut it in this day and time. Right. You've gotta dive deep into the Word of God. And what I recommend is you, you know, instead of a five minute devotion, you need to be spending probably a good hour, solid hour of deep, deep study. That means 
What do you mean by deep study? You need, to, you need to equip yourself with commentaries and tools to help you understand the context, the history of what you're reading. Otherwise, you won't know that. That's number one. Number two, you have to find supplements for yourself to get educated. Now, what do I mean by that? Some guys in the military, I've talked to them, and their chaplains are no good. They're just wishy-washy, don't say anything. Well, okay, I understand that. But then you have the whole online ministry. You've got to find good guys online yeah. to supplement that coming in. You have to be fed. And so find good guys online. Find other guys, too, that do what you do. Give prophecy updates. Hey, this is what's happening. So you can understand what's going on in the signs of the times. Because the thing now is it's going to be you're going to have a hard time finding a good church, hard time finding a good ch chaplain or pastor. So you have to supplement yeah. And that's my admonition. Use the internet to supplement. Now, again, you're going to have to weigh those things out by the word of God of who am I listening to? Mm -hmm. But, um, once you find those good, those good, uh, speakers and pastors, or whatever, you pipe into them and you supplement because that's what everyone's having to do now. Um, we got people all over the country, all over the world telling us, I can't find a good church. I can't find people that will feed me. And if they do find a good church, then the pastor's like on a, a, a kindergarten level in his teaching. So they go there for the fellowship, which is great. And that's maybe what a lot of people have to do for the fellowship. But you're going to have to supplement. Yeah. And that's my only recommendation in this period of time, because it's not like you can go down the, church, uh, down the street and find another church, because that guy's going to be woke or something like that. So... Getting the proper tools for your studying and then supplementing is, is the way to go at this point. So that's what I re recommend. Right on. Well, so. hey, it was a pleasure to be in your studio. Okay. <laughs> I asked you, will you do a podcast with me? And it's me at your studio. So. Yeah, no, it worked out good. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. And oh, good. One thing that I'm doing on my YouTube channel, Day of Battle, is it's about two videos a week where I'm just me in my truck. There is really no special lighting other than like this little flashlight thing yeah and um i've been going through the psalms and i want to start Great. the day out with the psalms and read it and explain it and speak to what it may amen um but it's just staying in the word you yep. know and maybe it's good for listening on your way to work while you're getting ready in the morning absolutely um just staying plugged into the word of god amen so, redeem the time Please check out Brandon more. I'm sure yeah. if you're watching this, you're already checking out Brandon. So. <laughs> yeah, go to go to rockharborchurch.net and you can go on our website, scroll down a little bit, you'll see all of our links to our platforms, and you can check those out. BitChute, Rumble. Um, I think we're on eight different platforms on podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. It's all there. Just go to the website, you'll find those platforms. Because you keep getting knocked off YouTube. I do, I do. <laughs> I've been kicked off of YouTube and I and I got kicked off of uh, Vimeo, so um, <laughs> it is what it is, guys. So, yeah. All right. But thank you. I appreciate it, man. You bet. All right. Thank you.